Welcome back. We're on episode 62 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and Stonehenge wrong size the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of FiveMinutesOfMime.com. With us today, our returning special guest is author Chris Epting. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Sean. Hello, hey, Chris. Chris. Glad, oh, so glad to, to hear your voice again. Well, thanks for having me back. I had such a first two minutes were amazing. I was waiting for that third minute. <laughs> we right, right. Yeah, so are we. So welcome back. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. So the, the band has gone through some changes. Uh, Big time. <laughs> since you were last with us. We're up to minute 62. And we start with Derek asking the question on everyone's mind. We end with Nigel refusing additional copies of Janine's charts. And in between, we get a little bit of uh, astrological discussion. Yeah, it's a great minute. I mean, I think that Harry Shearer line, uh, to me, in, in, in one of, obviously, the most quotable movie of all time, I think his quote there is, I mean, I, I say that all the time. <laughs> when, when, it's, when there's some big, fat, obvious 800-pound gorilla topic at hand, I swear to God, I've said that line, you know, when he posed, what's he saying, gentlemen, I pose a question at this point, are we going to yeah. do some, uh, um, Stonehenge. I've said that in boardrooms. I have said it. I mean, I have to tell you, it's just it, that line always resonated with me. It's so perfect. You know, it, it's his character in one sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it's it's absurd yet practical. Exactly. At the same time, and it's right, and it's low key. It's that even keel professorial. <laughs> right. Thing. Yeah, he's so serious. I wish he had his pipe when he was asking it. You know. Yes. yes, that pipe piece is it just—it's so perfect and, and adult, and uh, and the reaction, of course, makes it even funnier. You know, the, <laughs> um, this is a big yeah. moment. I mean, the whole—I uh, mean, it's funny. This whole Stonehenge thing. Mm-hmm. Any band that's ever taken out big production like that, uh, it's it's there's such a, a point in the movie where it's like there's a lot hanging on that show, you know, mm-hmm. and and it was going to be the it was going to be the hail mary pass, and now it's like you know it's a bust, and it's a real it's you know it's I think the movie actually becomes a little more dramatic here and less comedic. I mean, it's funny. But it's also, it has sort of a gravitas to it that's, I think, that's noticeable, you know, from this point on. It's getting serious. They're in trouble. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And this is the end of what is a very emotional scene. And, you know, we just finished with the end of minute 61 that, that Ian has just quit. Right. He's um, told off everyone in the band and just marched out. And so it's, yeah, and, and we see it that carries over in, in David's emotion. Oh, and yeah. his reaction to Derek's kind of even keel. But it's like the pilot has left the plane. I mean, now they're like, you know, they're flying blind all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Ian, for all of his, you know, foibles, he's still the rudder. You know what I mean? He still gets right. him from point A to point B. Right. Right. And, and even, yeah, even when the band was open to Janine helping out, no one other than David was really excited by the prospect and it was all, well, you know, she can assist Ian and there's something she can do where now it's, they're thrust in the position where she's it. 
Unless the band's going to take over and do that stuff themselves. Oh, I know. And it's funny. I don't know what minute it would have been, but where she comes out on the road and when when Nigel kind of questions, you know, how long she's visiting for. And David says, well, no, she's gone on the road with us. Then it becomes like a horror film. Like the way he says, <laughs> like, that's a real plot point. That's a real shift. That Everything, that Yoko moment, you know. Um, yeah. everything kind of hinges on but it's like a line like that no man she's going on the road with us it's like that's chilling seriously in the context of what's going on we know what's coming and it's it's pretty scary and some of what what Nigel feared is coming to pass we could see definitely at that point Nigel was not happy that Janine was joining them and then we've we've seen the way things have gone since then yeah and then we've seen him have a good chuckle at the idea of doing these astrological-based costumes, right? Mm -hmm. These sign-based costumes. He's like having a good laugh at it. So, you know, then to transition into where we're going, where those astrological signs are taking a quick front seat into decision-making and how, I mean, that's, that is, yeah, that's, that is shocking. That is a nightmare. Well, and also, isn't it going to be part of her duties to work with, the venues in setting up the sound and the stage and everything. And I'm sure a lot of that is kind of spelled out ahead of time. I would hope when they, when they first book the venue on the tour, but to make sure those things are done properly and so on. And this is the person who didn't, um, you know, who thought the album should have been recorded in Dublin. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and now she's in charge of, uh, you know, of getting everything set up. And if there's a cancellation, she might have to book a, you know, replacement gig or something. Who knows what's going to happen? I noticed something. I've seen this movie so many times and in, in, in deconstructing this one minute, I noticed something I've never seen before. And it's um, as soon as we cut from uh, the hotel room to the airport where she's distributing the, um, you know, the diagrams and the charts and everything. One of the first shots of Nigel over his shoulder, you see a really small piece of the famous building at LAX, the what's oh. called the theme building, I think. You know, the famous Googie-inspired, iconic structure at LAX. Everybody knows it. But wow. you actually, you can see it through the window, uh, which, you know, is interesting to me because they're they're really shooting at an airport. At LAX. Right. You know, that's it's funny. Very, just, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Chris. No, it's very distinctive, and you only see it in one shot, but it puts them in an air at that airport, which I thought was interesting because, so, you know, how infrequently are they at a real place? You know, it's everything's kind of cobbled together where, mm-hmm. you know, the theaters are all kind of fake and weird, you know, or anonymous rather. Yet here you've got them at one of the most famous airports in the world, and there's a little trace of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And I remember Fred Willard telling me that the uh, the the Air Force uh, that was at LAX as well in a, in a hangar out there. So obviously they had some days of shoot out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I wasn't aware of. I, I never. I always thought that was kind of a stage set. I didn't realize it was an actual airport because it looks kind of you know it's like a waiting room. It looks like it could almost be any place. But if you look closely, you will see that piece of the airport off to the uh, the left of him in the window. Yeah, no, I can see it. And that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. I I was actually looking at the Eames airport chairs. So I was looking down a bit, still looking at something that's iconically airport and design related. Have you ever noticed that before? The building? Yeah. No. No. And actually, just just before you joined us, Chris, uh, Heidi and I were actually having the discussion of, 
of where is this being filmed? And we kind of agreed that it, it, it looked like, yeah, we could believe this was an airport, but we weren't sure which airport. Interesting. But now we know. Because also you can see in addition to that little bit of the building, you can see what looks like one of those trails of little carts that carries the baggage out to the plane. Ah. So there are some telltale signs that it does look like an airport, but we weren't sure which airport until, uh, until you pointed that out. Now so we know. nice little yeah. detail. Well, yeah. I mean, again, you, you can watch it so many times and you, you'll catch. Then I started thinking, well, how many other little details are there like that that we haven't seen? You know, um, but it does get you to that great scene where I mean, when she's handing those things out, it, it really is the beginning of the end. I mean, it's there's such a tragedy to her. You know, it's like she's giving them their rope to hang their necks with, you know, those packets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like this suicide run. Is everyone take your packet? You know, this is sort of it, you know, and. Um, I love the, the sort of a classic Spinal Tap cutaway too, which this movie has those sort of great little handheld moments where you cut and you get a good shot of what's on the page. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. They, they do those inserts in this movie so well. There's not a lot of them, but w- when you see them, they're all really effective, I think. Um, and that's that's a really good one. And I find myself always kind of stopping to read the exact information that's written because a lot, there's a lot of detail on those charts. You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of writing and it's, you know, the production department, I think, did a good job creating this kind of faux, faux cosmic, you know, typical kind of 1970s Zodiac related mm-hmm. ephemera like this. It's, it's It looks good. I mean, that's what it would look like. I think if a girl like this did that, it would totally. probably look exactly like that. Yeah, it's color coded. It looks like there's a plane and she's done maybe mm-hmm. signs for the plane. It says Berkeley Civic Auditorium. It's got <laughs> the venues on there. Yeah, yeah she, Portland. She thought it through. It's pretty the whole organized. Portland. Yeah, totally. It, it, again, that I think we talked about it last time. But that kind of detail is, I think, what makes the movie um, so strong. Is that you? You know, they did dial it down, right down to a little prop like that, which could have been a throwaway, but really has this kind of organic reality to it. That's nice. Yeah, it is. And I did find online that you can buy one of these bucket chairs, one of these Eames bucket chairs, for seven hundred and sixty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents. Oh my goodness! One original one from. Charles and Reims, like original from LAX is what they're saying. It oh, is. Wow. wow. Yeah. At least that's what they're saying in this. It might be just that it's in the same I started style, looking... but it says, yeah. So, And this one is a red fiberglass shell with a leatherette upholstery. It looks gorgeous. I mean, I'd love to have that What I noticed the other day about the building in the background, I looked at an aerial map to try and kind of figure out maybe, because you can sort of see the distance, and I know it's not a pure science, but you can tell how far away they are, sort of, from that building. Sure, Not sure. really getting the full depth perspective, but I, start, I looked at an aerial shot of the airport to try and look at where they may have been, you know, just to get kind of some spatial sense of where they shot. But it's, I think a lot has been changed since the early 80s, too. Yeah. And I, one thing I was noticing was just David's body language and his scarf. It's like big and wide. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a flotation device. Like talk about <laughs> being at, a, uh, you know, the, the symbolic part of where we're at in this. It kind of reminds me of him just like floating along with whatever, you know, whatever's drifting through his transom, I guess, right? Yeah. And I mean... Trying to make ex- excuses for her to represent it is sort of an age-old thing, you know, of of being that guy who's going to 
stand by his girlfriend yet also have to kind of walk that rope of be you know please his mates as well you know what i mean it's a really mm-hmm. awkward awkward scene yeah and just so the layering of his clothing is weird too like he's got his breton striped shirt but then he has a blue shirt over it and then mm-hmm. tan i don't know there's just something off it's it looks a little different he looks super tired he's like kind of yeah yeah, yeah. haggard spaced out and haggard like, yeah Rachel's body language too the fact that he's kind of separate from everybody mm-hmm. which is kind of weird all of a sudden that he's on he's an outsider it's his band essentially and he's an outsider yeah, and he's yeah. it's weird it's like you can see the fracturing going on and he's what's he reading a car magazine i think i don't have it up in front of me but He's reading like car yeah. and drive. Yeah, like if this drive. was now, he'd be on his phone, totally yeah, checked exactly. out. Exactly. He's he's checked out, and you know the fact that they've got like an extra copy is kind of awkward. That he's got his and he's not reading it, and it's yeah, it's um, it's like I said, I think the movie from this point on has a real serious tone to it. It's still funny, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's well, a yeah, little more tragic. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, so yeah, we we've heard about kind of a lot of the past between David and Nigel and the the history of the band, but their particular history of growing up together. I mean, they go way back. Yeah. And so to see this this fracturing happen before our eyes. I mean, we're kind of fortunate that the film crew's there to capture it, that this this breakdown. Yeah, and it's sort of to me it always brings to mind it's real where you really get a sense of them being kind of a classic rock duo, you know, and, and that's how we're all raised, right? It's it's mm-hmm. Jagger Richards, Plant Page, Lennon McCartney, Townsend Daltrey. It's like that's how we're wired. Tyler Perry, you know, it's like that's how we know rock and roll of that era, but by two alpha males that are the head of the group, right? And right. and there's certainly that. And to watch them begin to disintegrate is, you know, it's sort of classic Greek. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tragedy <laughs> in rock and roll. And like every band has that kind of moment where there's that that split, you know, temporary or permanent or whatever. But it happens to all of them. You know, they all have that moment where somebody gets in the way or something gets in the way, and they have to rethink their future. And like we're watching it happen in that in that airport. Yeah, it's um, the mood would have been lightened up significantly if uh, we'd seen maybe a montage of. Nige and Janine like trying on their hats and choosing these hats. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. They both have their hats. It looks like they might have picked up in Austin. You know, that could have been. I, I, it's funny. I was thinking fun. like, who? <laughs> I kept thinking, who would Nigel's counterpart have been to Janine? You know what I mean? There had to have been somebody that we don't know hmm. to, to be that person. You know what I mean? Like, I always wondered like who his other, uh, who his, his other was. You know, we know that this is kind of David's star child, soulmate kind of deal. Right. But, but, you know, Nigel's, to me, you know, Nigel's are sort of the rougher, edgier one. So the girl would probably reflect that, but we don't really get that, you know, and that never that never comes out in this movie. Yeah, we never hear anything other than sort of the, the friends that Nigel makes along the road. Right. Um, we, we don't hear about anything more serious. Even in sort of the deleted scenes, there's a, a, a deleted subplot with Derek and he that in a wife. Uh, Derek has a wife back home and they're going right. through the process of divorce. And she's she's kind of taking him for all he has. And, and he needs to keep on touring to to make money for, you know, for that split. But we, yeah, we never hear anything about, uh, you know, someone special at home waiting for Nigel. No, I think with Nigel, it's like all about the music. It's almost like mm-hmm. he's really the true, you know, that's his life, you know, 
and probably doesn't get tied down with one person. He funnels it all into his guitar playing, you know, and his solos, or whatever. <laughs> one thing that we learned when we had David Caffinetti, who plays Viv, when we had him on, is that this little section where he he added this part, like this was part of his just improv, was trying to pass the... <laughs> pass the, pass the, the papers to Nigel. Papers to Nigel, oh, really? and Nigel already having him. Huh. And oh, I always a... thought that was quite distinctive of this little section. Oh, no, that's here. that's an important part of the scene. I mean, yeah. that's no, that's definitely sort of connecting the dots and that continuum of handing it over and having it rejected. That's that's interesting because it really does help set up the drama of what's going on. I mean, that's that's a moment, you know, when that happens. Well, yeah, because yeah, it, it keys into you know, what Nigel's doing, but also what Janine is noticing. And you you mentioned it quickly previously, Chris, that, you know, he's he's got it, but he's not looking at it. He's not looking at his papers and Janine has picked up, oh, he's reading his magazine. Right, right. So maybe he doesn't have papers. So let me send a copy down. Um, and maybe it's a good sign that she's kind of prepared that she's got an extra copy. But uh, yeah, but, but it, <laughs> uh, I like sometimes I pretend I haven't seen the rest of this movie. But, uh, <laughs> I love that about Because it, it, it kind of keys in a little bit to her personality that, yeah, yeah. she picks up on that, oh. you know, that, that um, you know, that great love between Janine and Nigel that she's picked up. Oh, he's not reading it. Let me pass a copy down. But and another one of those things where this it's that slight genius, but it's those little touches that make it feel so real that just the camera follows the paper down the line to Nigel and he kind of shows he he lifts his copy sends it back. And then it's and then we go back up the line past uh, past Viv. You know, they always got one. I think too, I love the cowboy hat on or whatever you want to call it, on Nigel, because to me it's sort of like it's how they were soaking up American culture. There's mm-hmm. a great. I was watching. I'm I'm a big Rolling Stones fan, and I was watching a clip from a 1972 film called Ladies and Gentlemen the Rolling Stones, which is a concert film mm-hmm. shot in in Dallas or Fort Worth in '72. And during one of the songs, Jagger goes back and comes up with a hat exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's that little homage or little ode to where you are, you know. And I don't know. It's just funny that that's the hat he's wearing. He probably never wore that in England, you know? It wouldn't make too much sense. But but over here on the road in America, it's like a, a little, you know, a little touch of where he is. It just strikes me as a kind of nice um, recognition of, you know, adapting to, to the land where he is at that moment. Yeah, it looks like the shirt might have come from. You know, he might have shopped at the same spot and picked up. Yeah, yeah, kinda... exactly. It's a little little theme going on there. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's a good it's it's a good minute. Like I said, it's a it's definitely a crossroads. Things are changing, not for the better. And um, you know, we 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 kind of know what's coming next. But uh, it's amazing to me how these minutes all sort of play like little scenes unto themselves. Right. It's weird to me how they have sort of distinct beginnings and middles and ends. I, I keep thinking that with this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting to discover what each minute holds, you know, and how much is packed into each minute. There's a lot. I mean, is there a minute that doesn't have at least one good line or moment? I mean, that's what strikes me is that every, it seems like every minute has some little bit of treasure, you know, some more elaborate than others, but it's uh this i always thought this movie was jam-packed but until you really break it down into 60 second intervals i don't think you appreciate just how much 
is you know how just what the riches really are here yeah oh yeah, yeah so, absolutely i agree is there anything in particular about the rest of this minute that anybody wants to comment on um well i've got two little things though do you have anything else chris that no 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 i'm i'm i'd love to hear what you have okay well i've got a, a couple things uh from janine uh <laughs> one just a, a little flub on her part where she says it's when she's talking, when she's handing out the ticket, she says we're on the, the 310 flight, gate 24, and it's actually flight 24. I mean, I guess it could be gate 24, but I, I'm, I don't, that'd be a, a, a pretty big coincidence, I think, if it was gate and flight 24. So we can see when she's picking up the tickets, we can see behind her, there's a little sign that says flight 24 departs 310 for Denver, but then she says gate 24. Um, just a little flub, not a big thing. But then the next thing she says is the band sign is Virgo. And I'm not a big astrological person. I know my own sign and, and that's about it. And, well, I know. But I wonder, do you know, does a do groups have signs like that? And is that Heidi or Chris? Have, have either of you heard of that kind of like a band having an no, astrological that's funny. sign? I wondered about that too. I, I mean, Heidi, have you heard about that before? Or? No, no, that sounds It seems kind of esoteric and something yeah. Led Zeppelin might have done or, mm-hmm. or you know, like during a certain era. Um, but no, I think she's I think she's probably projecting that, you know, to come up with a band sign. You know, maybe maybe you sort of add up all the signs and there's some if, like, I wonder, the, yeah, is it, is it an average of the individual members? Out, right, right. Do other ones cancel each other out? Is there some system where you add those together? I mean, it just seems like one of those pseudo-esoteric, you know, obviously um, kind of affected way to look at things. But, you know, but again, she does have a strategy. Say what you want about her. She has a plan. You know what I mean? Right. She's she's committed to this uh, to this direction. And I think... You know, on that level, she does a pretty good job with it, and and she's gone in pretty quickly. Uh, to to her credit, so there, you know, sometimes we don't we're not aware of the amount of time that has passed between scenes, but it could not have been much time. the 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 Stonehenge performance is in Austin. The big argument immediately following between the band and Ian and, and Janine is in the hotel in Austin. Here they're in the Austin airport, heading out to their next stop in Denver. And she seems to be under control. And this is kind of a little bit of what Ian was doing. You know, let's, you know, assuming, and, and it's more a little more of assumption to say that that a, the, all this astrological stuff is is BS. Um, but even, you know, and that, you know, even if the band doesn't have a sign, just to come up with a story, the same way Ian said, you know, don't worry about the Boston gig. It's not a big college town. Right. She's doing kind of the same thing of just kind of trying to, Trying to keep spirits up, you know, yeah. keep the drabs away to say, oh, your sign's Virgo and that's the most highly intelligent signs and, and you'll pull through this. I know it reminds me of Zeppelin now. When they did with Zeppelin 4, those symbols where each guy was assigned like a symbol, you know, right, those, those symbols. Right. That's what yeah. it reminded me of. And I think it's probably not inspired directly, but it's that kind of thing, you know, where Kiss, each guy has a character. It's that sort of totem attitude of you know of symbol symbolism and again very big in the 70s and uh this certainly feels like she's tapping into that kind of 70s sensibility mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah 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 so that's all i had for minute 62 a good minute yeah great minute. 
very good minute and um chris I mean, any are... minute any minute that starts with gentlemen i pose a question <laughs> you know what i mean it's like, yeah that's one of the best minutes just by virtue of that line <laughs> yeah it was um it was fun to notice what episodes we were lining you up for i was excited it's like oh i can't wait to send these off to chris <laughs> I, was, I was thrilled about that one when i saw what it was like i said i have uttered that line in more places in more situations just because it's so perfect and- <laughs> you know what i like about it too is because it has it has a line that you can throw back to you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> now no, we're not going to fucking do stuff. Exactly. You know? that, that gives it that kind of Monty Python esque, you know, retort. You know, it's yeah, just, the, the, it's just so it's so funny. It's just so funny. And again, <laughs> Harry Shearer's character, I think, is just completely embodied in that line. That stoic, utterly missing the boat, but selling right. it so well <laughs> that it sounds perfect. <laughs> totally. Well, cool. Well, perhaps we can. Um, wrap this one up and so you signed on for another another minute are you going to come back and join us for another minute I would be honored to this is way too much fun sweet sweet so yeah that's it for minute 62 and episode 62 of Spinal Tap Minute you can find us at SpinalTapMinute.com and um, we have as of this recording today we did actually get a phone call this morning (laughs) on our spinal tap minute hotline and the funniest thing about it to me was that we've only gotten one other call before and it was from the same person so (laughs) it's from one of our um, hardcore fans um chriswell weatherman and he did call and say oh i guess you didn't think that my other message that i left was interesting (laughs) enough to share (laughs) but it does appear that your your machine is working um or your you know our google voice is working so it appears to only work for for criswell weatherman (laughs) all right so if 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 any of our listeners out there want to share their astrological signs they can give us a call on that very same hotline. And that number is 419-TAP-TAP-6. That's 419-827-8276. And Mr. Chris, so last time you were with us, we heard about some of the, the great books you've been writing and, and stuff you've got going on. Any any other things you want to plug for our audience today? Well, I'm still out talking about the new John Oates book, which has been doing great. And then mm-hmm. in a couple of months, actually in about a month, I start um, working on this or this, this television show that's called uh, It Happened Here, which is kind of based on some of the books I've written about weird pop culture landmarks, um, mm-hmm. like maybe where they shot Spinal Tap. And so that's getting that's in production now. And they're going to shoot the stuff with me in July, and that'll be on the air uh, in the fall. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, starting that in a couple of weeks. So that sounds um, awesome. That's right up my alley. I love yeah. traveling and yeah, me going too. to those kind of weird places and telling the stories at at the place where it happened. That's always the thing with me is you know if you're going to talk about the park where Janis Joplin scored that last bag of dope, it's like go to the park. You know, go, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like go there and soak it up and wander and find other stuff. So yeah, that's what we'll do for ten of these episodes. So that should be fun. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Definitely keep what's, an eye out for that. What's the best way for us to i mean we'll definitely promote it when you when you 
put it out there, but what what's the best way for people to stay up on and find that when it when it? They can launches? look me up on Facebook. I can't announce the network yet, but I, I can in a few weeks. But okay, cool. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a very easy Facebook presence who's always throwing junk up there and pissing people off and trying to create <laughs> some discussion. So. Awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, Benny, but thanks for having me back. This is a ver- always a very kind of therapeutic, interesting way to to get back in touch with this uh, this amazing movie. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, glad to have you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this minute, and we'll be back tomorrow. And I hope you will be back as well, uh, our listeners out there in podcast land. But until next time, and so say all of us. Tap, tap into, into America. America. <laughs>